0: To 40 loving dickheads, dreaming about a premiership
1: cup. We love our clubs, but they never win.
0: Two flags in 100 years. That shit, how stiff you think we'll be insightful, clever, or just we'll be We're here to say that's not the case, we'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one car.
1: It is wednesday july the 29th the bulldogs are 13 richmond are 33 welcome to two guys one cup an afl podcast my name
0: is will anderson uh, and my name is charlie clausen will this is the first time we've done an episode when there's an actual game underway we've begun a festival de football yeah the footy festival uh the australian football festival has started
1: uh Obviously, most of it based in That's Queensland. And it's really great that uh, on the day that the football festival has started, Queensland have announced they're shutting the borders to people from Sydney. <laughs> and there's three new cases in Queensland. So this football festival might end up a little bit more like the Hunger Games, I'm thinking, Charlie.
0: <laughs> it is a bit like that, isn't it? It's like just, it's it, it, it's Game of Thrones. Just, the, just raise the drawbridge now. That's what you've got to do in Queensland. And I think this is what we do now. We don't try
1: another option. We're all okay. in. This is the option we're going with now. Is It, <laughs> it just happens in the hubs that it's in, regardless yeah. of the circumstances that flare up in those individual states. If players start dropping like flies because of COVID, we're just playing
0: through it from now on. Well, how about this? If players start dropping from COVID, you've still got to field a team, no matter how many of your players are available. So if they get diagnosed, obviously we isolate them, You know they get the care that they need. But your list dwindles, and even if you get down to thirteen, because imagine a grand final in which thirteen West Coast Eagles players take on like a full list of like uh, uh, Melbourne or something like that. I'd still back West Coast. Yeah, played <laughs> in sorry. Perth. I'd still back West Coast
1: in that situation. What if we bring in the rule for fairness yeah. that you can only field the amount of players that the opposition has available? So if that is 22 okay. or 23, that's fine. But if the opposition only has 17 fit players,
0: you also have to pick a team that is 17 fit players. If you get down to, say, like nine a side, yeah. do you go like basketball rules and just do half court? So rather than having to cover the entire field, you just got to cross the, the, center, the center square and then turn around and go back the other way.
1: No, nah, I, I say the opposite. I say this is when it gets really exciting. Because if we get down to five versus five on a full-size AFL field, then that is a test of endurance. Then you're going to see some bounces. Then you're going to see some
0: uh, possession game. People are always saying, open the game up. All right, we will. You open up the borders, we'll show you how to open the game up. (laughs) We've got some ideas. Again, why are we not on the rules committee? (laughs) So it's kind of weird to be doing... Because normally we do a. Uh, we, we picked the Wednesday because we thought it's a nice, slow news day uh, to record Do Guys One Cup. But what do we do now? Are we talking about the games that have just happened or are we talking about the round that's starting up? Where, where do we put our attention? Why would we start talking about either of those <laughs> things?
1: I, I feel like we've got to a sweet spot in this show, Charlie, which is we completely, pretty much ignore the football. So the football is happening while we're on, but I like to think that this episode is timeless. We should talk about the Saints. Because the Saints were great, so let's just have a little bit of, yeah. Let's just have a little bit of time where you can enjoy being a Saints there fan has been until whatever else happens. Barely anything
0: in the media. Like I've even I've even heard a sports journalist can't remember who it was apologize saying, look, I think it was Tom Morris saying, we understand there is not a lot of Saints news. Like we don't when we're picking our stories, we don't often pick and pick the Saints. But you guys are doing pretty well. It was kind of like a little pat on the head if we keep going like this. So for all those Saints fans out there have been like listening to all the podcasts like I did this week and you didn't get enough you're going to get five solid minutes of some gushing because here's what I'll say Will this year I've been very very reluctant to get excited the lid has remained firmly on because even though we've had some good wins we've also had those calamitous losses and I'm not saying that we will do anything from this point I'm not saying we'll play finals or we'll we'll win a final whatever go on just say it no say it say
1: you'll play finals you win a final you'll probably win the premiership (laughs) just say it (laughs) no you will not trick me Take the no lid no. off. Throw the lid away. Open up your window, right now, And you get that Be quiet lid and silence you fling the lid <laughs> you out. Dark the window. Prince,
0: you will not tempt me to say it. All I will say Girl, though do it. is that game on the weekend was the best football I've seen them play in a decade. Like it was so unlike any of the St Kilda teams that we had under Scott Waters or Alan Richardson. And I couldn't work out what exactly it was. Now under, well, not really waters but under Richo, we did play some really dynamic football. We were really exciting at times. We almost played finals a couple of years in a row. But what we didn't have was resilience. And the thing that happened in that Port game is watching those first three quarters, it was like a final. It was so high pressure and every kick counted and stuff. And when it got to the third quarter where they just had us locked in, I was convinced, well, we've put up a good fight for three quarters. So I went and fed the baby and I just hung out and I wasn't even going to check the score because I was. I considered that it was just inevitable that we were going to get bulldozed. And then I just wandered back in and thought, I'd, you know, five minutes into the last quarter and we didn't just weather the storm. We then put our foot on their throat, on the league leaders. I have not seen anything like that. The, the way... You didn't weather the storm, you became the storm. Yes, that's right. You looked right. the storm
1: in the eye and said... I am the storm around these parts, Storm. Fuck off with your storm.
0: You know when Iron Man blasts his energy bolts into Thor? No, the other way around. When Thor blasts a lightning bolt into Iron Man, and Iron Man absorbs it, and then just like it gives him 300% power, that's what it felt like. Power, literal power. It was so exciting. It was. It's the, it's the most I've enjoyed football. It's put a spring in my step like no other game in the last 10 years. Sounds like lids off. The Sounds like you're
1: opening up the window, ready to for fl- that lid. All I'm saying
0: is Jack Steele could win the Brownlow this year. Tim Membry may have kicked goal of the year. We have an incredibly exciting ruck combination with a, a guy who can play full-time rock or float forward and be a dangerous tall forward because he came to the Saints as a forward. All I'm saying is our recruit may be the recruit of the year in Dan Butler. All I'm saying is we kick 12 goals One Will, the lid is firmly on. I <laughs> heard somebody pick the All-Australian team
1: on a podcast this week and uh, the only Richmond player they had in the All-Australian team was Dan Butler. (laughs) (laughs) It was – that's how this season is going. Dan Butler, the Richmond discard, is now an All-Australian at St Kilda, probably in the premiership team. He'll go back-to-back
0: premierships. He'll be the player in the league who goes back-to-back premierships. He has an odd – style not in the way he plays but in the way he looks his hair he i can't quite put my finger on it but it's kind of looks like he looks like a bully from an 80s movie like he kind of looks like he should have like a rolled up t-shirt with a pack of cigarettes under there and tight jeans and he goes up to michael j fox and like says he's going to take his lunch money or something you know what he looks like to me like in the sort of reboot of the movie It. So I
1: guess set in that sort of era. But the the tough guys in the, the reboot bully. of the movie It. The bully that's in
0: It. it. That, that's, that's who Dan Butler is. Of. He's the bully from the reboot of It. Or he plays a young Sting in The Police, the, police, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you reckon it's like Sting? A young Sting. He's, he's at least
1: got their hair He's definitely got a young Sting thing about him. I would love if he... <laughs> followed the progression of Sting, we find out that not only killed her into deep breathing <laughs> at three-quarter time, but, you know, <laughs> that Dan Tantric Butler sex. gets ready for the game. Not only does he have sex
0: before the game, but he has sex for 48 hours in a row, <laughs> Sting style, before every game. Well, fuck, man. They're up in Noosa now. Like, a lot of new age people live up there. He's probably walking around in those, like, fisherman pants, shirtless has some kind of shark's tooth necklace, meditates in the morning. Mooser,
1: N- as I'd like to call it, or as Dan Butler likes to call it, looser. <laughs> <He's> just... <laughs> um, Roman Marshall's just great. Paddy Ryder really played well. Like that Ryder goal towards the end, that like kind of dribble goal. Down forward, you were just like, oh yeah, that's Paddy Ryder at his best. If
0: someone pointed out, St Kilda has not ever won Adelaide Oval and hasn't beaten either the Crows or Port in 10 years. And we've did all of it in the space of five days. Like talking about ripping the band-aid off a hoodoo. Well, the grand final might be at Adelaide Oval. Well, that yeah, well, that's that's our ground. That's our fortress. A St Kilda home game. Yeah. You guys are definitely going to win a premiership. You're playing at home in the grand final. Um, did you see Justin Westhoff doing Justin Westhoff things? I mean, he is an enigma. Isn't yes, he? like he's one of the true AFL's remaining enigmas. Justin Westhoff. Yeah, he. Uh, it's adorable. It's it's great. It was like seeing an old friend. It was like. You know, they should have just played the Curb Your Enthusiasm music <laughs> moment, uh, music after that moment. Yeah, it would bom, be great bom, if Port Adelaide bom, brought boom, that in. Not boom, only do they never tear <laughs> yeah. us apart before the
1: game, they actually, whenever Justin Westhoff gets the ball, the entire crowd in unison starts playing. They play the Curb Your Enthusiasm music bom, and the bom, crowd bom, sings bom. along.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: You could do that. That would actually make quite a good footage here. Like I know the Sydney Swans do "Sweet Caroline," but that's ripped off, you know, from American sports. Come up with your own. I would love to see the entire crowd at Port Adelaide games where Justin Westhoff
0: gets the ball. Get into the Kirby enthusiasm thing. Nick Revolt runs into goal in the 2010 Grand Final, and gets smothered by Heath Shaw. Bump bump bump. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. It's got a good clap along <laughs> bit.
1: Uh, yes. Rats, is this Brett Ratton? Is that what's going is. on? Is it just the
0: inside word I had when I visited the club uh, in summer uh, before coronavirus craziness was uh, that they called it the cult of rats. Like, did they give you
1: a call by the way to see if you wanted to go and go inside the hub? As an ambassador no. of the club, did you get a call saying, look, you have the no, option they, to the ambassadors, come the ambassadors inside the hub? The ambassadors are too
0: valuable to the club. We've been put in, a, in an isolated bunker in a secret location because it's like, <laughs> if the club doesn't have its freebie ambassadors, <laughs> it's fucking freeloading ambassadors, what's it got? Yeah, well, the
1: club's like, we
0: can have Eric Banner and Charlie on the same plane, but
1: Molly has to be somewhere yeah. safe. Or... You can have Warnie and Molly in the
0: same room, but you've got to have Eric Banner safely at (laughs) home. Well, when all this shit kicked off and, you know, clubs started tightening their belts... The first thing I thought selfishly is like, are they going to revoke my ambassadorship? I mean, what what does it cost them? What are the major expenses of you being an ambassador at the club? Uh, I think they're going to send me a scarf and give me tickets to games and stuff. Yeah. Are you a member?
1: Yeah. I mean, they pretty much do that if you're a member. No, no, no. Plus, you also can't go to games at the moment, so that's not costing them anything. (laughs) But what about my royal ambassadorial robes? They didn't send them to me. I had them made up myself. (laughs) I'm a Bulldogs ambassador, and I don't think that I've ever made much money out of the deal. Like... Mostly, I still pay. For, like, I mean, I get access to some things that
0: you wouldn't ordinarily get access to, but I still pay for all my tickets well, and do that sort of stuff. Yeah, but did you also get first dibs on finals tickets? Like, not like you had to go into a lottery. Like, they would have tickets for you for the finals. I think that is... I mean, I'm assuming... I mean, that's the perk. I'm pretty sure when they sent me the letter, they said, like, you'll get a finals ticket or finals tickets. Maybe even a grand final ticket. I don't know. So, at the bull, So, I'm a Top Dogs member, so I would
1: get first access the finals tickets anyway right but yes also i did not go through my top dogs membership i went through the club they just they i paid for
0: them but they arranged it for me so yes because i i have a membership but i think that they have just said don't worry about it like we'll make you an ambassador for the next couple of years don't worry about renewing your membership but i still get all the same things as a member
1: Mm, see i still pay my membership regardless even though they said don't I don't think they ever said don't. I said I think they said keep doing it. I have two. I pay for two every year because I had this misguided idea at some stage that I would go to the footy every week with a friend, and so we should both have memberships. And I've never used. Them. Maybe
0: that's because mostly if I go to the football, I go with you, and the Bulldogs just hook it up for us. That's true. I am an unofficial Bulldogs member been there for a lot of more fi- I've been there for more Bulldogs finals than they have Saints finals in recent times
1: yeah well absolutely I mean but okay so it's probably not going to happen let's give a live score update I don't have to give a spoiler warning because uh, people yeah. aren't hearing this live so um, let's have a look at what the AFL score is at the moment so uh, Bulldogs 21 Richmond 51 and that is uh, basically halftime. so um, Bulldog's probably not going to make the grand final but we could make the finals. What if the Bulldogs had to play the Saints in a final and we were actually able to go? Would we go together or would we go separately and sit in different, you
0: know, parts of the stadium? How would that work? Oh, I think, well, we've been to a, a final, a Bulldogs-Saints final before. I, I took you in, I was it uh, 2010, I think I took you. Um, and my sister, because my sister, uh, she and her husband organised the tickets for us. We had a dinner beforehand and stuff. And that was at a game where we... I think we, we won quite easily in the end. And as we sort of said our goodbyes and you walked off across the bridge, my sister said, There goes the saddest looking man I've ever seen. You <laughs> were so flat after that game. And you just shuffled off. And you know what I heard, Will? <laughs> Bum, bump, bump. <laughs> you did cut kind a of lo- lonely figure. You're on your own. I just remember you were under like streetlights, black coat. Collar pulled up around your neck.
1: <laughs>
0: like the end of a Hulk episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, look, I reckon we'd go. I mean, obviously, we'd socially distance and stuff, but I'd go with you. And this year, I would feel... I think it would probably the rare occasion where I could go to a final with a mate and if his team won, be like totally fine with it. Like, I think it's it'll be such a miracle if any of this shit <laughs> comes off in the end. I mean, it's still going to be a miracle if they finish the season. Yeah.
1: Like, we keep we've been lulled into that false sense of security that it's all going to be okay. And I hope that it is like, I mean, there's big crowds back at football matches, people in different States are kind of living life, you know, at least with some normality, even though, you know, widespread normality probably hasn't, um, recommenced. I think that's a really wonderful thing as long as it doesn't lead to us all being sick. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, whoever is the scheduler of the games and the coordinator of the stadiums and shit, Like, fucking hats off to you, man. This must be the most stressful job in sports right now, trying to keep this fucking season alive. Are you talking about Travis Old, Charlie? Because
1: Travis Old is the man who's in charge of the fixture. And I know that because every... (laughs) Like, Travis Old, I hope he doesn't have Google alerts on his phone. He probably in the past has gone, you know what, I'll just have a Google alert because my name is mentioned so infrequently in dispatches about this game that on the rare occasion it is it'll be nice to know what somebody is saying about me he is he is the new osteitis pubis Travis Old is the new osteitis (laughs) pubis wait for that Google alert in the morning (laughs) man like trying to arrange the AFL fixture and make it all work and getting it all to go with all the different, like, because they have a computer program. It's an American computer program. They normally use to do the fixture and, you know, they feed in all the information and all the variables and it kind of spits out a fixture. And then they obviously have to muck around with it a little bit, you know, manually. But this year, like, the computer blew up.
0: (laughs) They tried to put the information into the computer and the computer literally walked into the ocean and drowned itself. I would love if their supercomputer was just actually Dexter from Perfect Match. (laughs) Like, oh Yeah, he would just give a probability yeah. of
1: like, would this be a good Friday night match? You know, the probability is 79%. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, I'd love it if, if Gil did a press conference and like a giant curtain on stage and he's got the whole press and he's like, you know, the season's under threat, but we have spared no expense to bring over the latest technology from America. This is how we are going to program the fixture and just the curtain drops. <laughs> it's fucking Dexter with his dot matrix printer on his chest. Beep, 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 beep. Gold Coast versus Brisbane at Metricon.
1: <laughs> I like the idea that Gilga announces it. He goes, uh, We've been looking for a computer program to put together the fixture, and I think you'll all agree we've found the perfect match. <laughs> like Peaches and Cream. And
0: that's like, what's that? Gold, the band? culture and the team. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's on who's that, fo- who's that Melbourne footballer used to play in that band? What's his name? Russell Robertson didn't he have a band called Yeah? What was Russell Robertson's band called? I don't know. Were they called be the like house the Russell band behind Gil Robertson? Is it something like band. Check One Two? No, that was Craig McLaughlin. Yeah, Red, um, something like Red Alert or something. Um,
1: so Russell Robertson, uh, has a currently has a band which I imagine is their band that they use to play weddings, Charlie, mm-hmm. called the Wedding Band Collective. <laughs> and Russell Robertson also um has had another band, yeah, he, but it has a name that isn't as clever as the names that you were thinking of. So uh, think a little bit more um like what's the first thing that so there was three people in the band. Uh one of them was rubble Robert, Russell Robertson and he would be <laughs> rubble the, Robertson. Rubble Robble. One of them was the rubble Hamburglar rubble. <laughs> One of them rubble, was rubble. the I was explained what his name was by the popular McDonald's character, the hamburger. Right? And he said his name was Rumble Rumble. So <laughs> uh, there's three people in the band and Rumble Rumble rob is the lead singer. So what is the band called? Uh The Robertson Trio. The Russell Robertson Trio.
0: Ah. Uh. He doesn't. Know, he's not really into kind of uh, names that spark the imagination, is he? Like the Wedding Band Collective and the Russell Robertson Trio. Well, here's the
1: thing: all the, these are the entries for Russell Robertson. By the way, none of them about AFL football. All about his singing. So, number one, Russell. Who Robertson the internet? Wedding <laughs> like, Band Collective, and then second one, Trio Bands for Hire.
0: Russell Russell Robertson. Trio. <laughs> Why can't you fucking say his name, yes. Russell Robertson? He's Russell in Rubble Robertson. Robertson and Russell Musselton?
1: <laughs> and then the third entry is cover band book right. Russell Robertson. Um, so I don't know if you had a band that was also called Cover Band or if that is just a description. <laughs> And then he was in a duo with Laura Davidson, and they called that Russell Robertson
0: and Laura Davidson. Is this, are you, but this is Russell Robertson, the ex footballer, right? You haven't, there's not just, (laughs) because there's no mention of football. The fourth, uh, entry is that Russell Robertson, uh, Wikipedia. Here we go. Let's see what his Wikipedia says. Are we discovering that Russell Robertson is more renowned as a musician than a footballer, and we just don't know it, or? Has Russell Robertson edited his own Wikipedia page?
1: Well, I'm going to go to Wikipedia now and see what they refer to him as because that's all the Google entries. So he's been doing a lot more singing and and whatever since he played AFL. So it might make sense that the highest Google searches are all about his modern day career, you know. But this is his Wikipedia page. So let's see what they lead with. Russell Robertson. What was Russell Robertson's nickname, Charlie? They mention it
0: here on the uh, Robbo. Wikipedia page. So Robo, Russell Robo Robertson. Fucking hell, that is a vocal warm up. Uh, born Triple R, very Melbourne. Russell Robo born... Robertson. Russell, Russell Rob Robertson. <laughs> Russell Russell. Robertson. Mr. Robo. Rubber- no, it doesn't quite work. <laughs> born
1: twenty uh, fourth of November, nineteen seventy eight. Is a former professional Australian rules footballer okay. who last played for the Melbourne Football Club. Late in his career. He was also known outside the football community through reality
0: television appearances, oh. modelling, and singing. I remember the, I remember the singing. I don't remember the other two. Mm, I'd like to know what reality show. What, can he was you just on remind before. me? Uh, so give me some player stats. He, I'm going to guess he played 200 odd games. Was a half forward. Uh, okay, uh, he played
1: 228 games. Yeah, so not bad. Um, he H- High-flying half-forward,
0: right? Yeah.
1: Um, I get
0: him at an right. Uze Did he win
1: a Melbourne Best and Fairest, yes or no?
0: Mm, yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, he did. He won the Keith Bluey Truscott medal in 2003. Um, how many times, if at all, was he Melbourne's leading goal kicker? Four. Four. 2001, 2005, 2007
0: and 2009. Holy shit. I know more about Russell Robertson than Russell Robertson knows about Russell Robertson. <laughs> um and and oh here we go. Non-football activities. Okay. Outside of football,
1: Robertson is a musician who has abilities in singing and playing guitar. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's not that's not doesn't give you a lot of confidence. Like I I have abilities in some areas doesn't mean I'm actually good at things. I have the ability to drive, to speak <laughs> Read.
1: He's definitely the um, music equivalent of a good ordinary player. Yeah, um, modelling and has become somewhat of a television personality. Th- that's this line is so passive aggressive. Listen to this, like I'm just going to read this in a different tone. Outside of football, Robertson's a musician who has abilities in singing and playing guitar. Modelling has become somewhat of a television personality. <laughs> It's very laissez-faire. <laughs> wow! Somehow. Um, on February two thousand and eight, he was a
0: contestant on the Australian television show Survivor. No, no. Uh, it, it's reality, though, right? No, oh. this is a acting role. TV game show. Oh, like um, oh, what what genre is it? Like trivia? Like a kind of. The
1: host shares a name with a former Sydney Swans superstar, a last name, a surname, with a former Sydney Swans superstar. Oh, Paul Ridge. (laughs) 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 I don't know. What what game show was it? Uh, Deal or No Deal. All right. Hosted by Andrew O'Keefe. Robertson also made an appearance in 2008 singing on the Australian
0: television show. Oh, I know this. I know this, it's, uh, it's co-hosted by a friend of mine in Grant Denya. It was, oh, had the number two in it. It was um, yep. it's a, a, a cliche about two people. It mean, it was, it, 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 oh, it takes two. <laughs> I, did, um, I didn't have a speech impediment then. It just, I actually was, it took me a while to reach back into my brain.
1: It takes two with partner,
0: uh, Kate oh, Sobrano. Hmm. Uh, Oh, it was a girl, right? Yeah, Kate Sobrano. Oh, that's. A, I would like to hear that. <laughs> I would like them to do a duet of boys, uh, uh, of young boys, are my weakness. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Russell Robertson and Kate Sobrano do a duet of young boys are my weakness at at the Rising Stars. <laughs> they, they perform. <laughs> They just cut to the horrified audience. All these first-year footballers and their parents are staring wide-eyed at the stage as Kate and Russell dance around singing Young Boys Are My Weakness. I just like the sweetness, Pretty young thing, what you gonna do? I just want to get my hands on you. I know the lyrics to that song. In 2012, Robertson rejoined
1: the Melbourne Football Club and produced his own show. For the Melbourne website. So what it was the name of Russell Robertson's show on the Melbourne
0: Football Club website? Ah, does it use his name? Is it like, it does. you know, rabbiting? And on you've got to hope?
1: remember how inventive he is when he's coming up with uh, names for his bands. He's taken that level of creativity <laughs> okay. over to naming his show on the website. Robbo's
0: show? The Robbo show. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I mean, I should have grant- granted him with more class
1: of course um all right in oh in 2012 Robertson starred in a stage show that was a um stage show based around a former AFL great
0: oh yeah uh I I know this it's Barassi starring uh Steve Stoney as Ronald Dale Barassi Barassi the stage show correct um, I'd like to see Did you see that? I'd like to see that. Okay.
1: I, I've not seen it. I would like to see it also. Um, in fact, I would like
0: to see a whole bunch of stage shows based on previous greats of the game. Holy shit. That can be a little side industry for Two Guys, One Cup. If we just do like, uh, we just once a month, we put on a play about yeah. a, a character from the AFL. Someone like, I don't know, who would be the first person we'd stage a show about? Mr. Football, Ted Whitten. No, <laughs> it shouldn't run in front of you, mate. It's Nat Five and Ben Cunnington. Oh, no, hang on. What about Mark LeCra? Oh, Some yes. sort
1: of like that's Arty. He's French. Yeah. Theater mime
0: going on. to <laughs> uh, a big, mime. Mark
1: LeCra. When I was a wee
0: boy, I, I came to Australia to play Australian rules. I rode my back up to the ground. I was young and naive. But they said to me, Mark, you have a great talent for football. So how I imagine it, it's a three-hander.
1: Yeah. Um, you, you you play Mark Lacra Le- Obviously. We hire an accordion player. Yeah. <laughs> <for laughs> w- With our music. Yankovich. And a mime. So basically, you're just telling the story. Yeah. The accordion player gives it a musical accompaniment. And then the mime acts out Mark Lacra's
0: heroics yes. in the background. Yeah, but you've got to give it some kind of ironic bittersweet undertone, like like a good French drama does. It's got to be quite bleak, maybe a bit existential. At the start, Mark Lacroix is murdered, <laughs> and it's
1: the ghost of Mark
0: Lacroix telling this story, trying to solve his own murder. Yeah. yeah. So you open spotlight on like you know a, a, a sheet over a body, and like police there going, you know, who would have thought like Mark Lacroix killed in his own home. Then you have a second spotlight on the side of the stage and you see Mark Lacroix leaning against a wall, smoking a cigarette. And he's like, ah, so it looks like I am dead. C'est la vie. <laughs> and then he turns to the audience he's like, 30 years ago, a young boy named Mark <laughs> tore his way from his mother's womb to take his place in the world. <laughs> it goes for four hours. <laughs> four quarters.
1: ha. <laughs> Amazing. (coughs) Uh, Okay, there's two more um, uh, things here. I'm actually going to uh, flip to the last one and come back to the second last one because the second last one gives me the opinion again that this has been written by not Russell Robertson himself but a very dispassionate observer of Russell Robertson's (laughs) career, particularly someone it feels like who was quite respectful of his football career, but did not have the same respect for his (laughs) post-football showbiz career, is what I'm going to say. So in September 2018, uh, Robertson was a football consultant and appeared in season one, episode two of the Australian TV drama. What year? So in 2018, and he was a football consultant. That's the clue.
0: Oh, yeah, I know this. It would be uh, playing for
1: keeps. Playing for keeps. In 2018, Robertson. This and this is our final one. In 2018, Robertson sung. Just I'm. I'm just gonna to have to read this to you. In 2018, Robertson sung a drawn out and off key version of the Australian national anthem at the VFL Grand Final. Who wrote that? <laughs> Who wrote that?
0: <laughs>
1: a drawn out and off key version.
0: Is that verified, like, or is that citation needed? Because that sounds like that sounds like a disgruntled uh, uh, supporter from another team. There's a link. I'll I'll, I'll hit on the link and see if. Uh, but it's certainly
1: got um, a citation under it. So, hang on. I'm going to have to log into the Herald Sun. I never feel good about that, but I'm going to do it anyway um, because I want to read this old article about the VFL Grand Final from 2018 to see if Russell Robertson
0: gets potted. Oh, this article is no longer available. Yeah, right. So- he scrubbed the internet. Can you look just quickly Google Russell Robertson singing uh, at, at VFL Grand Final, see if there's like an independent website. Oh, that yeah. I just need to know <laughs> what his off-key version of the National Anthem sounded like. Yeah, I mean, was it bad enough that they had to write a story about it? It's bad enough that it's mentioned on his Wikipedia page.
1: Um. All right. Uh. Uh. Robertson. Robertson. Uh. Performs. Okay. Um. Nope. There's just a lot of listings saying that. It's happening. Um. No. There's no.
0: It does not seem to be other than his Wikipedia page any real reference to it. Hey, can I ask you a question? Now that Ross Lyon is no longer a coach, who would you say of the current coaches is the scariest? Like who would you be most intimidated by if left alone with? Or to get a dressing down from? That's a good question. Tick tick Um, him off. So Ratten, no, he looks cuddly. Stewie Jew, you think you'd just have a chuckle with him. I reckon rats could still give you a blast and you'd feel bad about a rat's blast because you feel like you'd let him down. Right, like letting your dad down. You know?
1: Yeah, exactly. You'd be like, I normally really love him and he's normally so nice. So the fact that he's really angry right now, he, he normally doesn't get angry. And so the fact that he's angry is actually making, you know, there is a thing about Ross Lyon where you're going, oh, well, he was kind of just like that all the time. That's
0: just how he is. Mm. Whereas like with rats, you'd be like, oh no, I've made dad sad. I think maybe that's the reason. The reason I bring it up is... That press conference between Alistair Clarkson and and uh, Horse, well, it wasn't between them, but when Horse got told what Alistair Clarkson said, I saw a side of Horse that really just, it was like a, a flash of darkness. It's something that really scared me. Like, I've always liked John Longmire. I've always thought he's like really personable and, and, and you know, uh, I think he's interesting and thoughtful and stuff. But I don't know. I saw something flash across his face. Because did you see that press conference and you see the way he kind of like reacted to that? That news? I've heard the audio. I haven't actually seen his just face, but i heard the, the audio. Just the video, because I think he was holding in something pretty dark. <laughs> like, I was... I just, it just got my imagination going. I was like, I wonder if... Because the way I understand that story is they set him up a bit. Like, Clarko's quote about uh, paply diving in the larger context of what he was talking about. Not diving, sorry. Um, milking free kicks. Uh, one journalist said it's... You know, he was talking as an overall kind of view of, you know, the free kick situation. And he wasn't saying necessarily it's a bad thing. It's players milk for free kicks because that's what the system's set up to do. But then the next press conference, they go, hey, horse, horse, you'll never believe what Clarko's been saying about you. <laughs> and That's like how they sprang it on him. what did he say? He said, Papley milks free kicks. I was watching the um,
1: Adam Goods documentary, The Final Quarter, again last mm. night. So I saw it when it first came out, but I hadn't had an opportunity to watch it again. And gee, it's amazing. But there is one particular press conference where they're reporting to him some comments that Eddie Maguire has made, where they really do that exact same thing, where they go, Eddie Maguire reckons you're dumb. (laughs) What do you say to that? It's like, well... Did he say it? Of course. He's going to say something. I mean, you're right. Eddie had said a terrible thing, but like the way that it was presented to him, and that's the same with the Alistair Clarkson-John Longmire thing. It was like, Clarko has definitely been grumpy Clarko, and he's definitely... like When you talk... About people milking free kicks in a game where there's been an incident where somebody's like been milking free kicks or been accused of milking free kicks, and it was a bit of both. It was a dumb free kick to give away, and he milked it a little bit. But you know, it wasn't like he just made it up. It was a stupid thing for Frawley to have done in the first place, and he just sold it. Um, and he plays well like that. Like Papley he's is that kind like of play. a gun player now. Yeah, yeah. He's a pest. He's there, Toby Green. Yes, totally. He has looked down the road and he's gone. I don't want. Like, you know, we
0: are the Sydney team and we need a dickhead that everybody hates. <laughs> and I am willing to be that dickhead. When you just listen back to that audio of, of Horse, because when the journalist tells him, Clarko said this, there is this long pause and then you hear awkward laughter. And I don't know if it's coming from the journalist who asked the question, who saw the same flash of darkness I saw, or if it was another journal. But it is a beautifully tense moment where you see someone ask a question that they're hoping is going to get like a. You know, some kind of reaction. But it's such a scary reaction. I think it takes everyone in the press room by surprise.
1: Yeah. Horse is like, oh, you think I got the nickname horse because of something in the shower? No, 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 no. Uh, I left a horse <laughs> in the guy's bed as a threat that I was going to murder them. That's
0: why they call me horse, mate. And I think, uh, so after I saw that impression of horse, I was like, and he's a big dude, man. Like he's a big kind of like you know, lurch type kind of guy. Yeah. So I imagine if he like had a word to you, if he pulled you aside... And just put that kind of attention on you, he would be the scariest coach in the AFL. Clarko uh, definitely would be scary. Um, Chris Fagan, do you reckon Clark- you just wouldn't be able to take seriously Clarko though? Even when would be, be a bit more psychological, like a serial killer. He'd get in your head. Yeah. So that's all just like smiles uh-huh. and passive aggressive and stuff. Write a really nasty song
1: about you. <laughs> Play it on his acoustic guitar. <laughs> Jonathan Patton, <laughs> you're a bit fat, and <laughs> I don't think you're going to be in the team next week.
0: Clarko. Jonathan Patton, you're a bit fattened. <laughs> we won't see you next week. <laughs> wow, he's cruel. Um,
1: d- yeah, so Chris Fagan. Cuddly. Definitely... Definitely cuddly. And
0: even when he was angry, you just wouldn't be able to take him seriously, I don't think. And he'd get get more annoyed the more you were laughing. It's like when you get called in the principal's office and one of you starts laughing and then it's just contagious. And he'd get so mad, he would slip on something and he'd fall down and he'd bang his head on the desk (laughs) and then his pants would fall down and then he's trying to pull his pants back up and then as he stands up, he'd hit his head on the back, his back of his head on the desk. Oh, jeez, stop laughing, you two. Oh, God, oh, jeez. Ah. stewie jew
1: would stewie jew be somebody that you you could get a bake from and i'm not talking about a potato
0: bake i'm i'm talking an actual bake i'm gonna i'm gonna do this entire bit without once mentioning anything to do with him being good yes good i feel bad that
1: i (laughs) but it was right there
0: uh would i get a bake from him i think i think he would I don't know. I don't know about enough about Studio. I think he's so physically imposing. Maybe he doesn't need to raise his voice. So maybe he's another one like Clarko, who's like you know a quiet. You know a quiet talker can freak you out more than some dude is getting all up in your face and crazy. If he's just that big, but then talks really quietly, and you know, like it just pulls you in a line like that. I could see him being a bit like that. Adam Simpson. What about Adam Simpson? He's got a bit no. of a hard man about him, no? Does he? What was he like as a player? Hard. That tells you a lot. What He like was a player. hard player. <laughs> yeah, but Wusher was a hard player and he seems like a massive softie as a coach. All right. So
1: you, I reckon Wusher though, might still have that terrifying thing to him. Like he's a pharmacist. You know, he's got that serial killer thing as well, I reckon, Wusher. Yeah. Like where, what, you know, he just is a guy what, that, he'd send you a like a, you know, a really threatening letter,
0: but printed on a tiny little bottle. <laughs> <laughs> what about Bevo? <laughs> How do you reckon Bevo goes in his and he's pulling players into line? I reckon Bevo's like, "What the fuck, bro? We well, fuck the you, you, we've got the bro code. We got the we're the bulldog boys,
1: bro." He takes Don't let us down, bro. He takes him out to the skate park. He says, "I want you to <laughs> capture me doing this kickflip ollie." He gets him down there with the uh, with the camera. He does a little kickflip yeah. ollie just to get him in the mood, and then he puts his he puts his uh, skateboard under his arm and he says, "Mate, yeah,
0: yeah. no." He calls you into his office. Yeah. You sit down. He takes his chair out from behind the desk. He flips it around backwards and he sits on it and he leans over and he's like, all right, let's rap. <laughs> I'm chill. I'm totes chill. I got your back, bro. Now what's going on? They come and visit him in
1: the weights room. They say, coach, can I, can I get on some of the weights? Bevo just keeps lifting. <laughs> Doesn't talk to him, just keeps lifting.
0: <laughs> um. Who else is there? David Teague? No, he's a nerd. Yeah. He's not yelling at anyone. Doesn't terrify you me, do Joe. No. Ken Hinkley. You know who would be. What f- about Ken Hinkley? Oh, he's scary as fuck. Ken Hinckley is a 1950s dad. Ken Hinkley's taking off his belt and chasing you around the change.
1: Yeah, I think that Ken Hinkley is a pretty nice guy, but I think that he might just have a bit of Wolf
0: Creek about him. Like, you know, just an old school country, country, country
1: guy who could just fuck you <laughs> up if you needed to.
0: Yeah, if you miss a goal at training, you're gonna go break a switch off a tree, bring it back to him. He's gonna hit you with it. Go pick a switch, Tex. I don't even play for you guys. <laughs> pick a switch.
1: Um, who have we missed?
0: Uh, um, Justin no, Longmire. Uh, I don't know anything about him. No. Uh, Simon Goodwin. Simon Goodwin. I reckon he's scary. He's got that intensity of like a... When I think of an actor, I'm like a Paul Bettany. He's got that kind of, you know, calculating intensity. I reckon he could, I reckon he could blow up and be very scary. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I think that works. And also to handle all those frat boys they have at Melbourne. Like, remember when it was like Thomas Bug and Jack Watts and Clayton Oliver and they're all like texting threats to opponents and stuff. Like, you need a dude. Like, a, you need someone kind of with military precision. To go in there and just like straighten those those those, those kids up. They're punks. You, can, you need to put those punks in the line. He's Dirty Harry. You've missed an obvious one. We've missed an obvious one. An Bucks.
1: interesting one, I think. Because in the old days, you would say absolutely would not want to be on the end of one of his sprays. But he's a man who's gone through some changes in the time that he's yeah. been the coach of the Collingwood Football Club. And of course, I'm talking about Nathan Bucks Buckley. Uh, what is it about Bucks? What do you reckon? terrifying in
0: private no no you know what i reckon he now what he says he doesn't raise his voice but he's insightful and he's truthful and that's what hurts the most like when you let bucks down he cuts to the quick he identifies it he calls it out and then he just lets you deal with it he doesn't need to raise his voice he's just going to be honest will you're not trying hard enough you duck that You scribbed that last contest. Well, you
1: know what it might be? Maybe when he's at the club and he's doing one of his famous top five lists, he's (laughs) out there in front of the gang and they think he's going to tell them the top five shows to binge while they're in isolation, for example. And he gets up the front and he just goes, top five five reasons, Mason Cox should go back to America.
0: Here (laughs) they are. (laughs) And he just lists them. (laughs) Thank God. He's xenophobic? (laughs) Well... They do have some issues down at Collingwood. We do know that. Yeah, exactly. You see,
1: look, we're discriminating against white guys now.
0: We're fine. It even out. <laughs> well, right now, listen, we get it. We should hate everyone. Yeah. No, that's not the lesson. Um, I know who I reckon would be fucking crazy. This dude would get up in your grill. He'd be fucking, he'd be ripping his shirt off. Let's go, bro. Let's throw down. Reese Shaw. Reese Shaw, yeah. You fucking, like, Reese Shaw. I reckon like, just like a trip switch and he's fucking, he goes crazy. He's the kind of guy who you're like, hey man, fucking, you heard about Reece what do he do? Fucking threw a trash ban through a window, man. Oh, he's fucking crazy. You don't want to fuck with Reshaw You know what, man? We were playing pool with Reshaw one night and he broke the pool
1: cue in half and fucking stabbed a guy. <laughs> killed a guy. In fact, he's in the Joker's gang now. The Joker threw yeah. a pool cue on the ground and Reece Shaw killed another guy to get in his gang. Um, uh, Matthew
0: Nix don't know yeah don't really know anything about him who who do you play for Carlton I know Adelaide Adelaide or Port Adelaide (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anything about Matthew (sighs) Nix okay let's find out I don't even know what he looks
1: like is he blonde let's find out something about Matthew Nix what colour hair do you think Matthew Nix has blonde you are incorrect because he is bald he has no hair, anymore, <laughs> so. No, but when he played, I'm sure he had hair. Um, yes, but he has a very uh, bald, shiny head at the moment. <laughs> um, all right, let's have a look. Um, Matthew Wicks. Uh, Matthew Wicks. Matthew I'm going Nicks. to Matthew Wikipedia. <laughs> um, he's the same age. Like he's in between our ages. He was born on the 30th of May, 1975. Um, mm-hmm. He's a former Australian professional uh, AFL player. He's currently the senior coach of the Adelaide Football Club. He was recruited from the West Adelaide Football uh, Club to... Yeah.
0: Port Adelaide.
1: Proving uh, that we... And I not only don't know Sydney Swans players of this era... Oh, my <laughs> God. To the
0: Sydney Swans. Adam Spencer just <laughs> fucking crashed his car. <laughs> Um, wow. Okay.
1: Um, what other club did he play for? Ah, uh, Port Adelaide. No, he played all his games at the Sydney Swans. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. How many games did Matthew Nix play at the Sydney Swans without us understanding that he played for the Sydney Swans? 126. He kicked 125 goals uh, in oh. how many games? 178. 175, not bad. So he played 175 Jeez. games.
0: Um, did he win what, what era when did he What was he in the grand final era in two thousand and nineteen ninety six 1996 to 2005 oh he just missed out on it oh no they said so did he play in the 2005 grand final uh, is he a premiership he doesn't say he's a premiership player but I don't, I don't know um,
1: okay uh, did he win any awards what are his career highlights they so list two here so what would they uh, what would they be
0: is, uh, are they uh, club-related, both club-related or competition-related? Uh,
1: both club-related, yes. So in okay. 1996, um, he was the Sydney Swans' what? Best and Fairest. Rising star. Oh. In 1998, he was the Sydney
0: Swans' what? Best and Fairest. Most Improved. <laughs> oh, my God. I won that award. It means nothing. <laughs> I won that in the under-12s. It's the coaches award. He did formerly coach at Port Adelaide. So that's his
1: Port Adelaide. Okay. Connection. Um, that's why I got confused. Made his debut against which uh, AFL team? Western Bulldogs. St Kilda. Ah. Um, well there you go. That's his entire Wikipedia entry. Not a is lot. Is it of, really?
0: Yeah. Even Russell Robertson has more <laughs> more entries than that. I mean, it really it really is. Should we get to some mail, Will? It's getting to the point where we could start a second podcast that is entirely related to um, Kumpf fiction or, f- or Fifington, whatever you prefer to call it. Well,
1: you know what, Fant- Charlie, we could actually, you know, get to these letters early in the episode, but we've got important things to
0: learn about Russell Robertson and <laughs> Matthew <laughs> Nix. So we have so many, we have at least four or five that have been sent through. So I'm trying to space them out because uh, they're quite long, some of them, and you know, I want to give each its due. Um, but if they keep coming in like this, we may have to look at maybe doing some as a bonus, uh, you know, putting it on the website or something like that for people to go see, which uh, leads me into a segue uh, about our brand new website, uh, Tofop.com. Uh, if you don't know, Tofop is another podcast that Will and I do. It's also a network of podcasts that Will and I host, uh, including this one, philosophy and Fofop. Uh, we have a website, tofop.com, that's T-O-F-O-P.com. So you go there and you can check out all the other shows we do. But if you want to get in touch with us, down the bottom of the page is a way to contact us. So you can just select which podcast you want to email and you just put your message in and we'll get it here. But while you're there, check out some of our other shows. It's really amazing,
1: this website. I saw it, for, uh, Charlie has been working on it in conjunction with the website designers and, well, just, you know, anybody else but me. We've We've discovered over the years that getting me involved in these sort of things is not really something that makes anything work more quickly or effectively and so I saw the uh, website today for the very first time and I was genuinely
0: impressed. (laughs) (laughs) That's the most professional thing we've (laughs) ever done in 10 years of doing podcasts. It's yeah. It, uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's great. It's, it's really easily designed. It's self-explanatory when you get there. And if you're just curious, if you only listen, listen to us for this show, I think you're going to find some other stuff there that you might enjoy. But for now, we're going to get into some conf fiction. So well, this comes from Sam. I'm just going to have to enlarge this. My eyesight is getting to the point where I'm going to have to get glasses soon, but I am fighting that with tooth and nail. I'm like... Oh, I. If I squint my eyes real tight, if I squish my eyeballs down real tight, I can read that. What I will say is, as someone who's gone through that in the last two
1: years, I now have to wear my glasses all the time. So if you can resist it up to a point, I think it's good because once you start wearing your glasses, it obviously... Your eyes just get used to it. Yeah, you, you, your eyes adjust to the glasses and then the rest of the time you can't read fucking anything.
0: <laughs> uh, Sam writes in, Hey boys, love your work and loving all the Nat Fife Ben Cunnington fan fiction. So I thought... I'd start my own uh, for you guys to finish. The title is Nat Fife International Man of Luxury, a spoof of Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. Love it. Austin Powers, which
1: was a spoof, of course, of like James Bond films and those sort of things, but we re spoof. spoof the spoof.
0: It's a double spoof. It's a
1: reverse spoof.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the story begins after the 2019 season when Nat Fife is having cryotherapy to help his body after carrying the dockers for another season. Nat falls asleep during the therapy. When he awakens, he feels, he feels different and notices a weird needle mark on his neck. As the weeks roll on, Nat notices he's no longer good at the things that used to make him Nat Fife. He can't surf. He can't fly his helicopter. His luscious locks are starting to thin and he's even starting to remember his teammates' names. Nat surfs the webs trying to find some answers when he comes across an article relating to one Ben Cunnington with his new head of hair. On closer inspection, Nat notices that Ben has the same mark on his neck. Straight away, Nat contacts Ben to try and find out what's going on by calling Ben's Nokia. Ben divulges his master plan to become the best player in the AFL and uh, on, an all-around dude by stealing Nat's mojo and using it on himself. If he, wanted, if he wants it back, he'll need to find his secret lair in the woods. Nat's now off on a quest to get his mojo back. When he arrives at the lair, he faces three different henchmen. Henchman 1. By the way, I love the idea that in this
1: uh, spoof of a spoof, Ben Cunnington is voiced by Mike Myers. So it is,
0: I've got your mojo, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So he confronts three henchmen. Henchman 1. In in Austin Powers, when the henchman gets eventually squashed by the slow steamroller, except in this case, the steamroller is Ben Brown on his 100-meter (laughs) run-up. Henchman number two is Brad Scott, playing the role of all the fembots, or in this case, Scottbots. <laughs> and finally, Reece Shaw is mini-me, as he's the only other bald guy that I can think of. <laughs> We've got Matthew Nix. If you want to know who's Matthew Nix, that's what we know about. There's one thing we know about Matthew Nix, is he is bald. Every uh, once everyone else is out of the way, it's down to Nat and Ben. Nat starts to get the upper hand. Charlie, get your voice uh, ready because you know what Ben is about to do. He injects himself with some Shinmona spirit. Eventually, Nat overcomes Ben, gets his mojo back, along with his hair, and most importantly, the memory of ev- uh, the memory the, the memory of anyone's names. <laughs> Which other players would you cast for the rest of the characters? And then he gives a list of uh, Austin Powers characters that I can't really remember. Great. Right i okay. will just give us I some do, characters all right, we'll okay here we, we go. here we go um, who's playing Scott Evil Toby Green um, baby faced bad guy Toby Green no Clayton Oliver yeah I reckon Toby Green
1: <laughs> both either <laughs> happy with either um, Austin's female sidekick who was his female sidekick Heather Graham or Liz, Liz Hurley Hurley's character? no was she yeah, I
0: don't know oh what about Michael Hurley <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two <laughs> or Ben Graham either way <laughs> uh, number two is that that's the guy with the eye patch um, well that, Mike Shan because he's so one eyed yeah well no just because he's like a,
1: he feels like to me like I'd just like to see Mike Sheehan Stan Lee style playing some sort of
0: character in this and I think him with Mike Sheehan with an eye patch there's just something about that I like and uh, Basil Exposition the, t- the Michael York character uh, Basil uh, Zimpler. We can't see the same names. Yep, that's how we're casting it. Uh, P.S. I've put together a quick movie poster for the story. It's not as good as Fosdykes, but I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, keep up the great work. Oh, let me just open this. And I'll show it to you. It uh, won't open. All right. Thanks very much, Sam, for that. Good stuff. Um, remember to keep sending in your comf Fifington fiction. We have some more correspondence. Uh, this is from Annie. She says, hey, Will and Charlie, hope you guys are coping okay and thanks for keeping up the show during these unprecedented times. I'm a huge fan, but I'm writing you today with a problem I feel only the two of you can solve. I need a new AFL team and I need a Mm. few objective outsiders, an independent arbitrator, if you like, to make the decision for me as my family members and their respective vested interests are clouding my ability to make the autonomous decision. We got a bloody thesaurus for
1: Christmas, did you? I think an educated team. I think this is already like, you know, putting her in a certain... It's her? Yes, Annie. Annie in a certain category. She wants a team that,
0: you know, is going to be able to use big words that operates on an intellectual level, I think. The backstory. My dad's best friend is Mark Evans, or in our household as he's known, Dougie. Dougie is the current CEO of the Gold Coast Suns and the right-hand man of your favourite bulldozer, Stewie Jew, and Queensland's own Eddie Maguire. Tony Cochran. Years before the move to the sunny Gold Coast, Dougie began his career in club land at the Melbourne Demons, which happens to be the first team I ever supported. I was as loyal as a seven-year-old could be. I had a jumper, I knew the club song, etc. But then Dougie went to work at Hawthorne and my loyalties could no longer stay with Melbourne. My dad was quicker off the mark this time round and saw this as a great opportunity to induct me into his own club, Geelong. I had a solid 10-year stint with the Cats, but then disaster struck. My dad left his job at AFL House to go work at Clubland at the only team he's ever supported, Geelong. Unfortunately, the new role didn't work out and supporting Geelong is now black band in our house. Oh. To add to this drama, my partner accuses me of being a bandwagoner and assures me the only way I can avoid this label in the future is if I take up a membership with his team, Charlie's Beloved Saints. So, well, no, but this is bandwagon time. The lid's off. Yeah. Saints are going well, to win the premium. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, any Like, I think you, you, your partner is kind of correct. <laughs> like, you've just told us you're back <laughs> for three different teams because you're like, you know, was it a family friend or your dad worked at one And then your dad worked at one club. And so it's like, you are, a, you, you know, I mean, loyalty. I'm not saying that you have to be a one club player. There's free agency in being a supporter. But you do jump around a bit. I'd say embrace that. I say, why lock yourself into one team? Yeah,
1: man. Be, maybe you could have the best experience of all. Be a fluid start supporter, it. man. It's, it's 2020. But but I mean, maybe not like during a season. Maybe that's like Crossing too much line. to build up to. But I'm just saying per season. Why don't you pick a team at the start of every season? Rotate the captaincy. I think that would be a really cool way to support the game because you get really invested in the... It's not what this doing this podcast really is for us, where we learn about other teams and what their history is and who their players are. <laughs> And who they played for. <laughs> so, um, oh, it's fun. Well, that would be a fun... Who would you have picked at the start of this season? If you could have picked any team at the start of this season, who would you have wanted to bar it for?
0: With what I know now. No, at the start of the season. Oh, right. Oh, if I had to pick another team. Yeah. Um, I probably would have gotten the dogs. I was most excited about what you guys are going to do this year, I reckon. If I had to pick a team other than the Bulldogs to... like.
1: Here's, this is really weird that I'm going to admit this, but I think that I would love to know what it feels like to be a West Coast Eagles fan. Oh, yeah. It just Same. It feels like, you know, just for one year. I don't want to have to mm. do it for my life, but just a year living as a West Coast Eagles fan and going to games as a West good. Coast Eagles fan and supporting yeah. the team in the way the
0: West Coast Eagles support the team, I just feel like that would be quite exciting. Yeah, I agree so annie's at a crossroads after years of resisting do i finally choose to support dougie again and jump on the bandwagon of the Suns now they've got chorizo pasta lover matt rail to save them or do i support the saints in order to keep the peace of my household a team i've never really felt any affiliation with do i return to my roots and go back to the d's after all i've just finished a law degree at melbourne uni so objectively speaking that, that that's our answer why she's so educated. <laughs> after all i've just finished a law degree at melbourne uni so objectively speaking i'm definitely fit some criteria w- uh, re- required to be an mcc wanker yeah you might you and michael chamberlain would go very well together we'll see what the
1: yeah i think that you definitely would not be out of place in the cheer squad at the melbourne go
0: Deez. <laughs> you and that lady stomping around brighton every morning <laughs> How do you feel about the, the snowfields? <laughs> yeah. Do you like to ski? <laughs> do you have ski racks on your Volvo, on your yellow Volvo? Um, okay. Uh, I do love a, uh, what are the, oh, I'm going to fuck this up. What's the charcuterie board? Char-chu- oh, charcuterie, Char- yeah. I, I do love charcuterie boards, Though I would never take one in the MCG. And at heart, I really am just a country gal from Bunning Yong, outside Ballarat, trying to make a way in the big smoke. Alternatively, is there a team that I've missed on my radar that you guys think would be better suited to my pocket, pocket profile? Appreciate any advice you fellas can offer this perplexing problem. All right, Russell Robertson with your perplexing problem. Um, I think we'll answer your question. I reckon pick option four, get on the Eagles, because they look good. They have no dickheads anymore. It's great to see Nick Nat doing what he's doing. JJ K's back. He's always been a favorite of this show. Liam Ryan. There's so much emotion. There's there's a lot of goodwill around the Eagles after their sookie start to the year. I mean, uh, a mate of mine who's an Eagles supporter texted me like, you know, three weeks into the season was like, you know, there is a, there is a, uh, being an Eagles supporter is like being on a plane crash from 2018. They're just still staggering out of the wreckage. They don't know how to get back on. But now they are absolutely flying. I, love the idea of picking a different team every year. So
1: I the Eagles this year. Absolutely. Good season to be an Eagles supporter, I think. But I love the idea. You're a lawyer. Look at it like taking on a different client, a different case, right? And then just every year, you prosecute that case. You don't need to necessarily believe in your client or everything about your client, but your job is to represent them and be vigorous on their behalf through the season. That's all you need to do for an AFL team. You just pick a case
0: And then you prosecute the case. (laughs) Our next uh, bit of email is from Adrian. Uh, Hi, guys. In the absence of Marc Lecra, which football team is now the most obviously French? I want to suggest that it's, in fact, the Western French Bulldogs. First, they play in French colours. Second, just like the French army, they're historically awesome when they win and historically awful when they lose. Third, France was once led by Napoleon, who was of Italian origin, who became a general when he was twenty-four years of age. The Bulldogs are led by an Italian, Marcus Bontempelli, who was is twenty-four years of age. And Part of Napoleon famously diminutive, so a like bit of Caleb, Caleb Daniel, Daniel about him as
1: well. <laughs> used to actually go to battle in a head, in a in a helmet. helmet.
0: A lot of people don't know that about Napoleon. <laughs> uh, what we do know is he loved ice cream and water slides. I saw it in a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> piggy, wiggy, piggy.
1: <laughs> bulldogs are very French. I mean, obviously, the bulldog is more a British bulldog uh, for the Western bulldogs,
0: but of course, there are French bulldogs, so mm. that makes sense. And and the Western suburbs of Sydney, you know, is multicultural. Like, it, it's not uh, it's not out of the ordinary that you'd see European people in in the west of Melbourne.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I would think, you know, uh, that's about it. But uh, <laughs> no, well, I'll hang it's on. okay. Go on. No, um,
0: no, that's it. Okay. <laughs> well, well, lucky for you, Adrian continues. Part of Napoleonic France's great success in the world was due to its implementation of liberal policies in its conquered territories, and the use of Tom a liberal policy liberatore has been very strongly associated with the Bulldogs' great success in recent okay. times, particularly Good. in away games. Today, the French motto is, in fact, Liberté, égalité, fraternité. The last of these, which means brotherhood, is something Bevo has always been at pains to instill in the team and is a fundamental quality of the Western Bulldogs. Or should we say, La Bulldogs accidente. Sorry about the French, Charlie. No, sorry <laughs> about my French. And... Did you know that Australian newspapers record Australian rules football being played in, Melbourne, in, in the Melbourne suburb of Footscray as early as the mid-1870s, during which time a local junior football team was formed, which, in 1880, changed its name to the Prince Imperials in honour of... Napoleon. Napoleon. The Prince Imperial. The heir to the... the, heir to the <laughs> I need glasses. The heir to the French throne, <laughs> who had recently died in battle. Finally, I attach a picture of Napoleon. Doesn't he look a bit like Bevo? Oh, my God. He really <laughs> does look like Bevo. He's got the same haircut as Bevo. I'll give you that much. It's weird that Napoleon's on a skateboard there. <laughs> Doing weights. Uh, okay. Uh, it's time for uh, Pocket Profile Pocket. Uh, hey, Will and Charlie, found a great profile of Melbourne's second ruckman, Braden... Oh, I always get his name Brayden Braden Prius. Proust? Proust. Bruce? Bruce. He's not the car. Braden Prius.
1: Brayden As Bruce. designed by Elon Musk, I believe.
0: <laughs> Who considers himself a comedian. Oh, I love it. Great. I love it. Uh, check it out. So here we go. Clicking on this link to Annie's former beloved demons. Prius. No, Proust. Proust. Okay. All right. Name. Braden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nickname. Uh, Brados. Um, Closed. What's his surname? Uh, Prousty Yes, <laughs> I mean, that right, let's help him out here. Okay, uh, Braden Proust, Proust, um, Marcel Proust, Marcel Marceau, uh,
1: Mime, um, uh,
0: Marc Lecrae, <laughs> <laughs> the little Frenchman, <laughs> the little Frenchman, na- Nepo- no, little Frenchman, Napoleon. You're now Napoleon, <laughs> the big Frenchman. Yeah. Uh, any pre-game superstitions or routines? Uh, yes. Um, goes around to Max Gorn's house to see if he'll get to play. No. When asked any pre-game superstitions or routines, he simply responds, nah. Nah. <laughs> N-A-H. All right. Nah. Great. And this is where I think maybe a, a bit of the comedies come in. Greatest individual effort you've seen on the footy field? Um.
1: Gary Lyon being carried off on the stretcher after he hurt his
0: leg. Brayden, what's his surname again? I keep getting Proust. Press. <laughs> Proust? Uh Proust. No, he thinks the greatest individual effort he's sent in the footy field is Brayden Proust <laughs> versus Tom McDonald. <laughs> I'm getting a bit of Brayden's vibe now. <laughs> a player from another team you would love to play with and why? Um, a current day player? Yeah, this, I, this is confusing. Yeah, A player from another team you'd love to play with and why? Um, no I don't know why he says Gorney so I can take the backup Ruckman I don't get it a player from another, he plays the demons right yeah a player from another team you would love to play with and why Gorney so I can take the backup Ruckman I don't think Braden understands the question <laughs>
1: I don't think he is a bit of a comedian I, think that, I just think he does <laughs> not understand the questions I think this is a concussion test and he's failed <laughs> like, what team do you play for Braden I don't...
0: Let's just look at one more time. His name's not even Braden. His name's Brandon. He's just been mispronouncing (laughs) it since he got hit in the head. Okay, one last time, just so we're not missing anything. A player from another team you would love to play with and why? Mm. Gorney, so I can take the backup Ruckman. Are we just not getting it? No, no, no. no. Like, it's meant to be another team and he names
1: Gorney, who is not... Who plays for him. Yeah. His team. And he's the backup Ruckman.
0: Okay. (laughs) It's like, it's doing my head in. (laughs) I don't understand. I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, okay. Best rule in footy and why? Um, He loves... Okay, okay, I'll help you out. He names a rule specific to his position and he makes a self-deprecating jump. The center circle because I can't jump. Close. Taking it out of the ruck so I can finally get a kick. (laughs)
1: Okay,
0: yep. (laughs) What's the worst... And why? What's the worst rule? And why? Something that uh, uh, emo fifteen year old might say: Can't take drugs. <laughs> <laughs> no. The, What's the worst rule? And why? Everything. Everything. Everything's the worst rule. <laughs> Whatever. How many games of footy do you watch each weekend? And another gag here. It's actually a pretty good one. <laughs> I've never watched a game. Of, I've never with- watched
1: a game of football before in my life.
0: I've got concussion
1: (laughs) what's football
0: who am I how many games of footy do you watch each weekend one when I'm on the bench (laughs) (laughs) it's good though right hats off to that that's a good gag yeah Uh, bloody Proust coming a long way Uh, your favourite TV football show and why and this is probably you know this is probably fair (laughs) again The front bar? No, emo team. Don't watch football teams. Don't watch football shows. Football shows are dumb. You're not my real dad. (laughs) Don't go too far into the metaphor. Your favourite TV football show and why? None. Your favourite commentator and why?
1: None. Don't listen to the commentary. All commentators are Um, dumb. Bruce McEvaney's not my real dad. (laughs) Favourite
0: meal the night before a game? Give me a clue of the, the genre of film. No favorite meal the night before again. Oh sorry, the okay, well give me a clue. The genre of food. <laughs> the genre of film. Um well it in it is in itself a kind of genre. Oh. Um I mean it's not like he's not naming a specific meal, he's just pasta. What no. What he's actually describing is a nutritional component of a meal. Protein. Carbs. <laughs> favorite meal the night before a game carbs carbs just (laughs) carbs I imagine he just stands like bolt upright in his kitchen at home carbs his mum's like Brayden you looked what do you want carbs carbs (laughs) (laughs) and then Brayden's dad comes in how long has he been standing there two hours I think he's got concussion (laughs) he just keeps yelling carbs (laughs) (laughs) called
1: the team doctor (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> which teammate should appear on the next series of the bachelor i have no idea who this player is okay it um, sounds like he should be on the bachelor it's a cool name jake jakinson josh wagner oh okay do you know who that is no is he the
1: head is he the headband guy no, maybe that's okay. Jaden Hunt or Jordan Jaden Hunt. Jaden Hunt. So you got Jaden, Jordan, and Josh <laughs> all at the same. Time. Yeah, they're all, they're all the Melbourne players are named after Jonas Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Teammate most likely to succeed after football and why? Uh, Jack Viney, because he's I don't know
0: smart. All right, be self-deprecating. Oh, uh, um, um, joke with a self deprecating punchline. Okay. Uh, Braden Proust. Correct. Uh, because I
1: haven't been successful as a footballer. So anything past this will be <laughs> in a success.
0: Kind of. Uh, me, because the ruck coach will hire me as a chippy. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it if it turns out that Braden also studied law at Melbourne Uni. And this is just like. An act he puts on. <laughs> which teammate, which teammate belts out your club theme song with the most gusto? You've already mentioned him. Jaden Hunt. Jack Viney. I'm surprised sense. by that. Are you surprised by that? No. Makes sense. He's the captain. Uh favorite Netflix series has been mentioned before. In fact, last week I believe this was Harry Himmelberg's favorite series. Entourage. No. <laughs> Remember we said that uh, Harry Himmelberg looks like he could have been in this show? Oh, um, Sons of Anarchy. Correct. Apple Music or Spotify? Spotify. Correct. Do you play Fortnite? No. Favourite comedian? Or Australian or international? Australian. Braden Bruce. Yes. <laughs> I was hoping... I was trying to sell you the dummy. I was hoping you are going to say yourself and I could come back at you with Braden Press. i got to be honest with you. So far
1: with this survey that Braden's filled out, I'm not sure he's coming to a lot of my shows.
0: <laughs> Favourite animal and why? Um, I think, by the way, I think this must be a, a quiz he's filled out himself, like he said, to write himself. No. And I'll explain why after this next answer. Um, Favourite animal and why? Uh, my my cat, all me favorite again.
1: All all me favorite. Like that's not even
0: like that's. Someone has to send a doctor round to his house now. He shouldn't be playing. He's clearly been concussed. All me favorite. <laughs> Cubs. <laughs>
1: Which Cubs? All me favourite. <laughs> Cubs!
0: Uh, favourite section of the AFL record? Who's done this joke before? All me favourite. <laughs> hmm? um, all me favourite. <laughs>
1: Sorry. <laughs> um, my, my stats...
0: No no, favorite section of the AFL record. Um The latter? None. What? He's doing his emo team thing. Oh, his none. Don't read it.
1: None. Don't read the record. Yeah. Records are
0: dumb. Your favourite possession. Oh, listen to Spotify. You're not my real dad, footy record guy. What's your favorite possession? Um Demonic. Cap- lost overtones. Oh, sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> so uh, capitalist overtones. Um, my stock portfolio. His bank card. Best gift card you've ever received, and this would be the fav- This would be the most common gift on Father's Day, I imagine. Uh, a gift voucher mm- to a certain Rebel place. Sports, Bunnings. Oh yeah. If you won Tats Lotto, <laughs> if you won Tats Lotto, what's the first thing you would buy? <laughs> carbs and I can't carbs <laughs> someone has to check on Brayden <laughs> So because read the question again I don't think he's I don't think he's in touch with reality uh, if you want Tatslotto what's the first thing you would buy the moon Townsville <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your favourite holiday destination Townsville you got it the most famous person you have met and it's, again, it's a gag, a player he plays with. Uh, Max Gorn. Correct. Most famous person you'd like to meet. Max Gorn. Don't know who this is. Johnny Sims? Sure. Google who that is. How do I spell it? Johnny Sims, S I M S.
1: Oh, he plays for the Swans. Okay. No, <laughs> Johnny Sims is a um who is Johnny Sims. How do I spell Johnny?
0: J O H N N Y and S I M S. Yeah, isn't brought up no one is he ga- is he gagging us again?
1: Um there's a Johnny Sims on YouTube and the description <laughs> is Pinky Winky is love, Pinky Winky is life. I don't know what that is, but I'm
0: not sure I should click on it. Um, I think Braden watches that every morning when he's eating a big bowl of carbs. Hang <laughs> on, there's a Johnny
1: Sims uh, Twitter. Let's see if we can work out who Johnny Sims is. Johnny Sims, I do, I, I place for the Blue Jays in okay. the uh, Major League ba- Baseball. Or oh, no, maybe no, Jays. he just supports them. No, nope, that's not him.
0: I, uh,
1: <laughs> 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 that's Unless... The guy that he wants to be is a guy who has 52 followers on Twitter <laughs>
0: <laughs> and did not
1: play for the Blue Jays, supports the uh, Blue Jays
0: and the Raptors. He, yeah, I think the guy who wants to buy Townsville when he wins Tats Lotto probably is a fan of Johnny Sims. Oh, man. Okay. Dream, fo- dream job if you weren't a footballer. Um, being a footballer? Chippy, mate. Dream place to live in the world. Um, me like all of them. No. (laughs) Or me favorite. Townsville. Townsville. Funniest or weirdest thing that's happened to you? Um, hmm. No, don't know what. He didn't answer that one. Oh. All of a sudden. Interesting. All of a sudden, Mr. Bloody Joker Minute doesn't want to answer what's the funniest or weirdest thing that's ever happened to you. Maybe because the weirdest thing that ever happened to him was someone replaced his brain with a bowl of jelly.
1: I guess. I don't remember. I, don't, I think I ate some carbs once. That might have been funny.
0: What scares you most?
1: Um, uh, Dracula.
0: My receding hairline. <laughs> Speak to Ben Cunnington. He can sort you out. And what is the one talent you wish you had? Um, uh, football. That's right. You fucking you, you. I can see as a professional comedian, you started to sort of pick pick up the patterns in the way he would answer things. You started to sort of like, oh, oh I see where he's going here. This is where his sense of humor would go there. And by the end of it, you had him figured out. Well played, Will Anderson. I did. I, th- I feel like I did. I feel like I unpicked the mystery that is Braden Bruce. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who wrote in. Uh, of course, if you would like to get in contact with us, you can at our brand new website, tofop.com. Just go to the landing page, scroll to the bottom and there's a little contact window. So just make sure you select Two Guys, One Cup from the drop-down menu and you can send us a message. Um, and while you're there, check out some of our other great podcasts. Uh, Will has a really good show called Willosophy. Who's on this week? Ursula uh, Carlson uh,
1: is uh, my guest this week. And then I think Osha Ginsberg might be next week. So a good little run. And of course, the former prime minister and number one ticket holder at the Western Bulldogs, Julie Gillard was
0: on last week. And we week. have another show called Tofop, which is a bit like this. Um, well, it's actually a lot like this. is <laughs> probably just about just as much football talk in Tofop. Uh, but if you like this show, I'm pretty sure you're going to like that other one. So check it out out uh anything else to plug no i have nothing
1: to plug i'm unemployed i continue to be unemployed the world is a fucking tire fire from bottom to fucking top and i am on fire in the middle of it this is all i have charlie thanks for listening
0: guys speaking of which should we just check the score uh let's not check the score (laughs) okay i don't think you need to check it play on not 15 we are two guys one car